0: Chapter twenty two of Titus, a Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Middleton. Titus, a Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter twenty two. It was more than a month now since Stephen and his mother had climbed the rocky road leading to Nazareth and still they abode in the house of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Prisca had never risen from the bed into which she had sunken so thankfully the night of her arrival, and it became more and more evident to the experienced eyes of Mary that her days were numbered. Once, as she bent over the invalid to perform some trifling service, she said gently, I would that we might send word to my son. He could heal thee. But the sick woman caught her hand no no she cried earnestly i am going to die and i am glad of it my life has not been so happy that i would fain live longer let me die here where it is so quiet and peaceful and in truth it was a peaceful haven that she had reached after the troublous voyage of her life as she lay in the humble bed fragrant with spotless linen suffering no pain but growing daily weaker She was almost happy for the first time in years. Often, after the duties of the little home had been performed, Mary would bring her spinning into the chamber where the sick woman lay, and, sitting beside her bed, work silently while she slept. Sometimes they talked together. Once she told Prisca the wondrous story of Bethlehem, of the star, the song of the angels, and the visit of the wise men. Another time, when Stephen was sitting by his mother, she told them of the angelic warning and the hurried journey into Egypt, of the strange people and customs of that far away land, and of the return, not to their old home and friends in Judea, but to this little mountain village of Nazareth. Stephen never tired of listening as she talked of the childhood of Jesus, of his boyhood, of the years of his young manhood this bench under the shade of the fig tree is where he studied when he was a child she said one day and here i used to bring my spinning in the long afternoons he always loved to be with me while the other children of the village liked to play in the fountain or hunt birds nests or play noisily in the street yet was he the happiest child in the world always singing about his work and with a smile like sunshine The others all loved him dearly. No one could tell such beautiful stories as he, and there was no other so ready to soothe a sick baby, or comfort a crying child, or bind up a cut finger in the whole village. So that while he loved best to be near me, as I have said, and spent much of his time in helping me about the house and garden, the neighbor's children flocked around him as thick as bees around a rose i remember how he used to sit on yonder bench with one or two babies in his arms and a dozen other little ones crowded about him some sitting at his feet leaning against his knee and all listening with eyes and ears wide open as he talked to them about the birds about how they built their homes so patiently and lovingly and worked hard to bring up their young ones all through the long bright days about the flowers that grew so fair and sweet in the lonely valleys where no one but god could see them about the snow that fell white and silent from the clouds in the winter time yet every tiny flake a thing of beauty sometimes on the sabbath days he would repeat psalms to them and tell them long stories from the scriptures of moses in his little ark and the beautiful princess of goliath and the bold young david of samson the foolish strong man and many others ah said stephen with shining eyes and a pathetic look of wistfulness how i wish i might have lived in nazareth then mary smiled her beautiful gentle smile and laid her delicate hand caressingly on his thick curls dost thou know she said after a little pause that thou art like him in some of thy ways when thou art working so busily in the garden singing softly to thyself or sitting as thou art now at my feet i always think of him when he was at thy age that is why i talk of him to thee so often i would rather be like him cried stephen passionately than to be the caesar on his throne in that thou art wise said mary her deep eyes beamed with a mysterious light. The Caesar on his throne is at best a sinful man, while Jesus is. He is the Holy One of God, said Stephen reverently. Then a silence fell between them for a time. But always, after that, the mother of Jesus noticed how he tried, humbly and unobtrusively, but ever faithfully, to fill that vacant place. And in her heart she loved him for it as for prisca she felt for her a tender pity for she had divined that the woman had somewhere a dark page in her history one day as she sat silently by the bedside of the invalid busied with her spinning glancing now and then at the white worn face on the pillow she saw that great tears were stealing slowly from beneath the closed lids rising she leaned over the bed and taking the thin chill hand of the sufferer in both of hers said gently wilt thou not tell me thy trouble instantly the dark eyes opened and looked long and earnestly into the loving face above her yes she said slowly i will tell thee all i did a great wrong years ago and it hath weighted me to the earth all my life since yet I have never had the courage to make it right." Then she told the story of Titus, and how she had stolen away by night to meet her lover, taking the child with her. "'Why didst thou take the child?' questioned Mary. "'Dumicus bade me to,' answered the woman feebly. "'And I loved the little one, and could not bear to part with him, so I obeyed. I always meant to restore him to his mother, but I never dared. Once when I said that I must do it, my husband in a fury struck me down, and worse than that he hurt my baby Stephen, crippling him hopelessly. He was always helpless and suffering after that, till, as thou knowest, he was healed by the goodness of thy son. Ah, what do we not owe to thee? And now wilt thou hate me? I am not fit to be under this roof. Mary was silent for a moment, but she kissed the sufferer tenderly on the brow, then she said firmly, Thou must even yet make this wrong right. Let thy son Stephen go to Capernaum, and bring the young man David hither. Thou shalt tell him all, and give unto his hand the proofs that the story is true. Hast thou them here? Yes, said Prisca, reaching under her pillow and drawing out a little packet securely wrapped in linen and bound with a silken thread i have never let it go from me tis the little tunic which he wore when i fled with him his mother wrought it with her own hands she will know it and with it is a chain of wrought silver which she gave me to wear when she selected me from all her maidens to care for the little david and how i have betrayed my trust what will become of me thou hast indeed sinned grievously said mary but god will forgive thee even as he forgave king david who is guilty of murder if thou wilt but humble thine heart before him god knoweth that my heart is humbled even unto the dust but alas it bringeth me no peace mary looked troubled she raised her dove-like eyes ah son of god she murmured as if to herself would that thou wert here to minister to this sin sick soul as for me i know not what to say unto her then she spoke again to the sick woman dost thou know my son who is called jesus i have seen him answered prisca and i always longed to speak with him that i might thank him for the healing of my stephen but i dared not the sin in my heart was too great i had almost put it under my feet till i saw him in capernaum he is the sinless one said mary gravely but didst thou never hear him say that he had come to this world out of heaven above to save those that sinned he said that cried prisca eagerly and how save them he has said not once but many times that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life,' said Mary simply. "'Thou art sure that he said, Whosoever?' "'He has said it not once, but many times,' answered the mother of Jesus. "'And what is it that I must believe?' answered Prisca, trembling in her eagerness. "'That he came down from God, to seek and to save that which was lost, and that he is able to accomplish that for which he came,' answered Mary. "'How could I help but believe that?' Did he not save my Stephen from worse than death? Clasping her thin hands, she cried out joyfully, I believe that he is able. Then she closed her eyes, and lay so quiet that Mary thought she slept. Presently Stephen stole into the room, and stood beside the bed, looking down at his mother. What thinkest thou? he asked in a low voice. "Does she mend? At the sound of his voice, the sick woman opened her eyes i have been a great sinner above most she said faintly but he came to save me and i am at peace thou wilt find titus give this to him she will tell thee all then the dark eyes closed again and for the last time the two sat beside the bed and watched the quiet sleeper through the long hours of the night just at dawn the pale lips moved and stephen stooping down caught two words stephen jesus then the faint breath stopped altogether she had entered into everlasting life after the simple funeral which took place in accordance with the eastern custom at the evening of the same day stephen heard from the lips of mary the story of titus he was greatly moved poor mother he said no wonder she wept with such a burden on her heart she was a timid soul and lived always a life of terror then he told the mother of jesus all that he knew of his father's evil life he is all i have left now he said bitterly when he had finished dost thou mean that said mary no a thousand times no cried stephen impetuously as he caught her meaning. dost thou hear my mother's last words in that moment When with her dying breath she coupled my name with his, I knew what I must do. I shall give my whole life to him. Thou shalt indeed, said Mary, gazing away over the hills with a solemn look in her deep eyes. But I know not what the future hath in store for him. He hath bitter enemies. Sometimes I fear for his life. And she turned to Stephen with a tremulous quiver of her sweet firm mouth. Is he not the beloved of the Father? said Stephen simply. And is the Father not able to save him from the hand of his enemies? He shall make his enemies his footstool, even as it is written, answered Mary in a firm voice, and he shall triumph gloriously. Stephen regarded her with awe. After a little silence she said, Tomorrow thou must go forth, even as thy mother bade thee, that thou mayest find the young man david and acquaint him with all that hath happened as for me i am going up to jerusalem something tells me that he will have need of me and so it happened that in the morning early stephen set forth alone on his journey bearing with him the little tunic wrought by the mother of titus and the silver chain which had belonged to his own dead mother and when he departed mary blessed him and kissed him and he wept as he bade her farewell for he was but a lad after all and the world was wide and lonely end of chapter 22